What is true for our Torah reading this morning is also true for every one of us here this morning in the Rabbi Cho Sanctuary, and it is also true for our beloved country. Each of us, all of us, contain a lot of complexity. We all contain multitudes that conflict with each other and that exist within our own souls. With the wisdom beyond his years, Charlie pointed out how you see that in this reading. When you think about it, it's remarkable. The same Torah portion, Shoftim, teaches us justice, justice shall you pursue. And then, four chapters later, commands genocide in God's name. The Torah contains multitudes. But isn't that true of each of us? We all complain, contain that kind of complexity. We can be totally generous and the opposite of generous. Totally caring and steely and callous. Forgiving and the opposite of forgiving. Patient and the opposite of patient. And we can be all of that within the same day, depending on the time of day, depending on who's in the room, depending on the context. We all contain multitudes. And of course, our beloved country contains multitudes. Here are two different narratives of our country and sneak preview. They are both correct. They're both true. Here's one narrative. America is the greatest country in the history of the world. America is a land of opportunity. America is the place where the American dream can be realized. And America is, without question, the best country ever for the Jewish people outside of Israel America is the best country that Jews have ever lived in. And this week, we paid a loving farewell to a man who was born in Poland in 1927. And he came with his mother from Poland in a small boat, and they first immigrated to Canada. And they knew dire poverty. They lived in a tenement in Canada without any running water. He knew real hunger as a child, real privation, real vulnerability. And then as an adult, he immigrated to America. And he fulfilled the American dream. He was smart, he was hardworking, he was talented, and he was able as an adult to know something he never knew as a kid, which is financial success and financial security, and to provide for his family. And he has now generations, and they all went to excellent universities. And his children and his grandchildren are all thriving. And it's because of America, the greatest country in the history of the world. And that narrative is true. 
And here's another narrative about America. America is a land that is infected with slavery and with racism and with Jim Crow and with sins that have never been atoned for. And that was the narrative of Bill Russell, the great Celtics player who passed away just this summer. Bill Russell was born in Louisiana in 1934. And what he remembers from his childhood is constant racism. He remembers the police knocking on his front door and threatening to arrest his mother, Katie, for the sin of wearing a dress that white women wore. How dare she wear that dress? If she wears it again, she's going to be arrested. He remembers the time that he went with his father to a gas station, and the attendant refused to serve his father and to fill their car with gasoline. And that racism that he knew that he experienced himself wasn't limited to the South, and it wasn't limited to the 30s, and it wasn't limited to the 40s. In the 1960s, when he was a full-on adult, and the Celtics were playing in different cities in the U.S., restaurants in those cities would not serve black basketball players. And shockingly, it's amazing to even think about it, but white Celtics players would eat at restaurants that black Celtics players couldn't get seated at. And of course, later, Bob Cousy would apologize for the sin of his callousness. And is well known, one year after Bill Russell leads the Celtics to yet another championship, he comes home to his home in greater Boston, and it is vandalized with racial insults and obscenities. The narrative that America is the greatest country in the history of the world, totally true. The narrative that America is beset with the sin of racism is totally true. How do we handle all of this complexity? What do we do about all of our multitudes? So I want to give you a two-word answer that is the best response to complexity, including especially our own complexity. I want to give you wisdom that comes from an iconic ritual of this season that we are now in, and I want to share a story that embodies both. Here's the two-word answer that is the best response to the complexity and the multitudes that we all contain. Get better. Get better. Figure out how to get better. If you are both generous and the opposite of generous, the work is to get more generous more of the time. If you are both patient and very much not patient, the work is to get more patient more of the time. If you are forgiving and the last angry man or woman, the work is to get more forgiving more of the time. By the way, this impulse to get better 
is enshrined in the very first line of the United States Constitution. And it took an Israeli to remind us of that. The first line of the, Israeli, of the U.S. Constitution is, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. And Micha Goodman, our teacher from Israel, says it says more perfect union, not perfect union, because the job is to become more perfect, better than yesterday. So we are in Elul. Rosh Hashanah is in a few weeks. So our work now is to think about where do we need to get better? Given our own complexity, given our own multitudes, what is the work we need to do? Where do we need to grow? How do we need to become a more perfect version of ourselves? And how do we do that? So for that, I want to share just a gorgeous ritual that happens every weekday morning at the end of Minyan during the month of Elul, which is we blow the shofar, we blow four notes every, every weekday morning. The first three are tekiah, shivarim, teruah. Tekiah is long, strong, proud. Shivarim means broken. It's broken into three smaller sounds. And teruah is a staccato, nine small notes. And the meaning is that shivarim is brokenness, and teruah, the staccato notes, are tears that we cry for the brokenness. So when you put this all together, we have all the complexity that we all embody. Tekiah, we are long, strong, and proud. That is true. Shivarim, we are also broken in important places. And that is true. Teruah, we also cry for our brokenness. That is also true. But we don't end with Teruah. We end with Tekiah Gedolah. We take what is long and make it longer. We take what is strong and make it stronger. We take what is proud and make it more proud. And how do we do that? Because we have to work our way through the brokenness of our Shavorim. We have to work our way through the tears from our brokenness, the trua, until we get to the other side. So here is your challenge. Think about the pain that you're holding now. And everyone is holding pain. Think about the pain that you're holding because of the brokenness that you feel. Here's the challenge of Elul, and here's the lesson of the chauffeur blowing. Don't waste your pain. Pain is a terrible thing to waste. Take your pain and redeem it. Take your pain and use it. Take your pain and redeem it and use it so that it inspires you to become a better you. Let me give you an example of what this looks like, which will bring us back to Bill Russell. 
So as is known, Bill Russell was the great basketball player of his generation, really one of the great athletes of all time. This is crazy. He played for 13 years, and he won NBA championships in 11 of those years. And if you just do the math, that means he was an NBA champion 85% of the time. That record is unrivaled before or since. So of course it was just a given, a no-brainer, that he would be a first ballot Hall of Fame NBA player. But it's what happened once he was inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame that is so instructive. Namely, he didn't show. He protested his own induction. He didn't come. And he let the world know why he didn't come. He didn't come because he said the NBA Hall of Fame and the NBA are not doing enough to combat systemic racism in America. And he said to the Hall of Fame, I wasn't the first black basketball player in the NBA. And I wasn't the most courageous. The most courageous were the first black basketball players. They should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Attention should be paid to their courage. They were pioneers. And I'm never going to come to the Hall of Fame until and unless you induct the real heroes, the first black NBA basketball players. And the NBA did so and inducted the first black basketball players. And then it did something for Bill Russell that had never been done before or since. It inducted him a second time. He's the only person to be inducted both as a coach and as a player. And when he was inducted as a player, he came because he saw that he was trying to make some progress. He did the same thing, by the way, with the Boston Celtics and with Boston. Because when he retired, of course, the Celtics retired his number, number six, and he would not come to the ceremony honoring his 13 years. And he would not come as a protest because of ongoing racism in our own beloved greater Boston. Roll the film forward 30 years, 30 years after he retires, the Celtics make a covenant with him. We want to re-retire your number 30 years later. This time, if you'll come, would be great. And we're going to mark the last championship that you got, the 30-year anniversary of. What do we need to do to make that happen? And Bill Russell was on the board of directors of a mentoring organization that provided mentoring for at-risk kids. And so the Celtics did a whole fundraiser and raised a lot of money to provide mentoring for at-risk kids. And Bill Russell came. Shivorim Terua Tekiagadola. Brokenness, pain, don't waste your pain. Use your pain. Redeem your pain by turning it into a tequila For Bill Russell, for every one of us here today, for our Torah, for our nation, the reality of Complexity is just the beginning of the conversation. 
It's what happens next that really matters. What do we do about that complexity? How do we get better? How do we move from brokenness and tears to a better us and to a better world? And the ball is in your hands. Happy Elo. We're